Before we begin, a reminder that nothing on this podcast is intended as a statement of faith, doctrine, or fellowship, and this podcast is not affiliated with any church, school, or calling body. What's up, gents? My name is Charlie Ungemach, and you are listening to an episode of the Gird Up Broadcast. Now, the dudes are going to join me in just a minute, and we got a lot of great content coming your way. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you to all those who help support the Gird Up Project here. All of our content at Gird Up is available free to anyone anywhere in the world who might benefit from our message, and we want to keep it that way. But we also have to rely then upon the contributions of our listeners to do so. You'll never see any paywalls or exclusive content here at Gird Up. That being said, it does cost us money to put a show like this together. So if you find what we're doing here valuable and you enjoy the broadcast and you're willing and able to do so, please go to www.girdupministries.com, click on the menu, and select Buy Us a Cup of Coffee. That $5 donation goes a long way towards keeping this podcast going and helps us reach and minister to many more men just like you. Hope you enjoy the broadcast today. Let's get to it. Like, it would be cool to dance a little bit. Like, I didn't really dance very much. I don't see. I, I, don't know I, I dance at weddings and stuff. I'll, I'd love it. I see, enjoy it's it. like but that's that almost setting. the perfect setting for you to really intermingle and dance with the People. younger crowd. <laughs> but it, it's not It's not quite. It's not quite. Well, it and I, almost I know is. the guys really well. I don't know the girls really well. Right. Yeah. Right. And most of the girls yeah. that show up to that are showing up with dates or with the anticipation of, like, dancing with their friends or yeah. with guys that they know so mm-hmm. it's like that's yeah. not really the zone where you get to meet people and dance with them unfortunately yeah. and there aren't really any girls at the college at the moment where i'm like you know one like go from off the dance floor to one slow dance and then back off the dance floor mm-hmm. again that's got to be an established relationship you're not grabbing right. some yeah. girl out of thin air for that so nope yeah, yeah. i personally, not without sending a whole bunch of messages you may or may not want to actually send so yeah, personally, last night I got to do something that I haven't gotten to do in a long time, which I love, which is pulling girls out of thin air and just dancing with them. Yeah. Because, like, that's my favorite thing to do is, like, right when a song to dance with somebody with turns on, I, like, just spin around. And, like, the first one that I make eye contact with, boom. Yeah. That's one of my favorite people. things about weddings where it's a young crowd is just doing that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then I, like, I also kind of, like, front end that. So then I'll walk around beforehand, like during cocktail hour. It's just like establishing connections with the people I know I want to dance with later. <laughs> so you're not just some weird old I'm guy. I'm probably exposing you. myself, <laughs> my plan now, so people are going to see it. <laughs> exposing <laughs> No, I don't expose myself. That's good. That's good. Good call. Good call. That would not be a good plan. That's not how I, that's not how I operate. No, like I, I uh, no. People are going to learn my tricks, and now next time I go to a wedding, they're just going to be like, oh, so you want to dance with me, huh? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a good vibe. It was fun. Yeah. It was good. I really enjoyed it. The guys that, yeah. put, it, the guys that put it on did a great job. It looked fun on Snapchat. Kosia posted a picture of uh, yeah. Ryan Boggs singing. Uh, yeah, the band yeah. did really well. Yeah, oh, they played, did really good. They did a good job. Side note, uh, if you didn't know, that's on. it's going to be on Smug Mug. What is? The dance. What's Smug Mug? The, that's the campus-wide, <clears throat> like, the camera that Costio was using is a campus camera. And to be able to use it, 
the deal was made that those photos would be getting put on the MLC website. Nice. Yeah. So obviously they're going to go through them, make sure they're all, you know, not crazy or anything like that, but it's going to be some good press for yeah. uh, cause that's gonna awesome. be great. Yeah. yeah so i guess maybe that's the first shout out well first of all welcome to the broadcast <laughs> my name is charlie ungamak we've got connor Herter and gustav wins awesome shout out to the fellas that put on the uh, cause formal last night it was a good party mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun i i did i well as i said i didn't do a lot of dancing but i had a lot of really fun conversations it oh, was yeah. a very enjoyable night too so. yeah that was one of the, this was one of those special ones where it wasn't just just good dance or just good conversation it was a good mix of both where everybody yep, was just kind of going in and out yeah. and that's yeah great. yep and shout out specifically to uh parker brown just putting on a he was the one organizing everything he just did a mm-hmm. great job a really awesome. good job so. good job parker yep awesome oh yeah you guys got any shout outs yeah i'll shout out uh jonah christensen i was happy he showed up last night but then just in general he's been showing up in my life like for the past three years and it's been super awesome to have a good friend like that <clears throat> Uh, and uh, yeah, just appreciate him a lot. So shout out to Jonah Christensen. If he ever listens to this, maybe he'll give me a hug. <laughs> I don't have a particular shout out this week. Just more uh, shout out to the state of Minnesota for keeping us on our toes when it comes to the weather this this no. weekend. Okay. I yeah. woke up mm. to five inches of snow on the ground. Oh my goodness, dude! Yeah, and now it's almost gone again. I know, I know. but in seventy-two hours, in a seventy-two hour stretch. We had a red flag warning, so mm-hmm. an, like uh, a wildfire warning, mm-hmm. right? So you couldn't burn anything. You couldn't even like run engines mm-hmm. out in the country. Um, so we had a uh, like a fire warning. Yep. We had a flash flood warning. We had a heat advisory and a winter snow warning mm-hmm. in seventy two hours. Yeah. Yep. It was like it was like ninety degrees <laughs> last week. Yeah. <clears throat> and this morning it was thirty degrees outside. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was a heavy transition for sure. Yep. I forgot to close one of my windows. Like one of the windows <laughs> in there wasn't closed. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't too bad, but definitely mm-hmm. <laughs> the heat definitely ran more overnight right. than it should have. But mm-hmm. oh well. Yeah. Yeah. You got to right. thank you. Yeah. Thank yous. Uh, to, uh, I was just going to say thank you to mom and dad uh, for helping me. I'm going on that immersion program, the immersion trip this summer to Argentina. And they have been super helpful uh, in helping me get my flights and stuff figured out. So That's awesome. thank you, Mom nice. and Dad. Yeah. Uh, my thank you is to Pastor Smith here in town for filling in for Professor Paustian in Hebrew class on Wednesday. I thoroughly, I always enjoy when he shows up, but uh, learning that he was a second career guy, kind of similar to Charlie and I here. Yeah, at you Hebrew had Pastor really. Smith filling in for Yeah, he, he filled in for Hebrew. Yeah, we had Pastor Gunther filling in for ACR. This awesome. Week. Oh, nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Gunther would be a good yeah. one for that. <laughs> I think the line of the week for Smith was, well, we were talking about Proverbs, and we were going through with Proverbs 5. Uh, we were yeah. talking about the adulteress, and he goes, you know, a good rule of thumb is if you're not married to it, don't have sex with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, which is a good rule. It's a good yeah, way yeah, to talk about it. That's, 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 that's the way I talk about it with my fifth and sixth graders. But then he goes on, and the next thing out of his mouth is, so if it's your dorm fridge, leave it alone. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> and as you could tell, like, on his face, he was like, maybe that wasn't a good example, yeah, but he yeah. just kept going. He used, he used it in the next hour with our class, too, so he was he was comfortable with it. Yeah, he didn't want to get Dude, too we're real. I sit up front, you sit in the back. You shake my, my hand home. every day I do, when you walk I know, in I know. Class. Just a blur at this uh, point. Wow. Uh, right. That's awesome. <laughs> it is all blur. I know, I know. True. That's for sure. I'm turning you down a little bit. That's all right. Let me know if I'm too loud or anything. All right. Uh, now we to talk again. Yep, I'm still here. All right, perfect. Perfect Aww. dish. All right, uh, I was just going to say thank you to 
I know this is a really broad one, but just a lot of people in the last like three weeks that have made life special. So whether it's the dudes at ML or WLC that brought me over to do a talk over there that went really well, it was really fun. Uh, connected with a bunch of those homies, and uh, they're all on. They're all following us on Instagram now. So that's awesome. Kind of fun. That's great. Um, hopefully they listen to the podcast too, so we can shout them out. Uh, but then also just like family and like got coffee and beers with a whole bunch of people in the last ten days or so. Um, just yeah, n- just I really enjoy people and love people, and uh, sometimes you take take that for granted. Just how awesome the people in your life are, and I, I do have some awesome people in my life. So shout out to everybody that's uh, been chilling with me over the last couple of weeks here. Shout out specifically Noel Noel Suendal. Um, I had coffee with him on Friday morning. That dude has grown up so much in the last. Like he used to be on my crew at the Early Childhood Center as the, mm-hmm. one of the custodians, and uh, he was kind of a punk punk of a freshman. <laughs> and now at the end of his sophomore year already, he is. I'm. He, I mean, he's still in in all the right ways. He's still a 20 year old kid, 19 year old kid. Yeah, yeah. But he has grown up so much, and it's fun to watch watch somebody like literally becoming a man before your own eyes awesome. so that's yep. that's super cool so that's shout super out to noel specifically but all the dudes that were involved in any of those things and and uh most you know easter celebration was super fun and just nice and relaxing so mm-hmm. shout out to my family for that too um thank you this week specifically goes to kent from pillsboro north carolina he bought us uh, several cups of coffee so thank you kent Hey-o. if you would like to buy or we call it a cup of coffee donation because the for the price of a cup of coffee you can help support the ministry we're doing here with young men if you'd like to support or help fund the work we do here at gird up go to www.girdup.com select buy us a cup of coffee in the main menu and make your donation there so thank you kent and your family um from pittsburgh north carolina that's awesome cool yeah, thank yeah. you kent. Uh, question of the week any advice on staying out of trouble during the summer Mm. I have an awesome friend group at school, but it seems like every time I go home, I see all my high school, fr- my old high school friends, and do something I regret. <laughs> I want this summer to be different. <laughs> I feel like I drank too much last summer. Like I didn't get drunk a lot, mm. but I feel like I didn't get very good quality sleep. Just because mm. every night I had a, I mean, I would go fishing or whatever, come home, have a drink, watch some TV, and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I feel like I should have been like. I don't even wish I had watched less TV or anything. I think just, I don't know. For me, if I'm bored, I like to have something that I'm doing with my hands. And I think part sure. of that is why I enjoy smoking cigars and, and pipes mm. or like enjoying whiskey and beer so much is that it gives me something to, like, I'm not just sitting there thinking, I really wish I could relax and wind down right now, is you're doing something as you relax and wind yeah. down, right? You're watching a sunset and drinking a beer or you're, uh, <clears throat> you know, smoking a stogie and and uh you know sitting on the back porch chatting or whatever it is right mm-hmm. i like to do something as i'm winding down uh but i think yeah, i think that was my mistake last summer was like every night it was a it, like it was a drink and then it does affect your sleep mm-hmm. uh to an extent and so then i would wake up and i was more tired and then i guess i didn't really make a lot of mis- like mistakes right as far as that, that's concerned but i feel like i would have had more energy to go out and do fun things and mm-hmm. connect with more people if i had yeah so i guess that really doesn't answer the question but well, that's i would start there is like just be productive and be mindful about being productive so like set some goals and some things and then do what it takes to get those things done so it doesn't have to be big crazy you know, goals. It could just be, I'm going to go fishing twice a week or I'm going to, you know, I like to take somebody out for coffee every week. I did that pretty much all summer too. 
It's like I'm going. Like that means I have to be interacting with people. I have to be making plans. I have to be doing these things. So, yeah, I would say be intentional about what you want to accomplish during the summer mm. and make those things happen. And then you've got something that you're being accountable to. Mm. Yeah, I'd say uh, just a good thing to do would be to keep the routine going that you do have. So obviously you don't have your classes. And I think that's kind of part of the shock of going back home or going wherever you go for summer is that it's like, oh, look, I'm not in that same environment that I was in. Now I can like now I think there's that false sense of freedom where it's like now I can do whatever I want. It's like, well, no, like if you want your summer to be productive and for you to be mindful enough to have that mindfulness so that you don't end up getting in trouble, you should do your best, do the best that you can to maintain the routine that you have. So whether you have a nightly routine or a morning routine, like a certain time of day that you work out, granted those things might shift because of the work schedule that you have. Mm-hmm. You should still keep doing them though. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, w- I would say just keep your routine going. If, if we're just saying staying out of general trouble, I think we can tackle that friend group question here in a minute. But yeah. Well, I would just I, for general. I want to jump on something you said. You said you can do anything you want. No, it's like actually, yeah, you can. You can do whatever you want, and you want to be productive. So do the like you have freedom to do whatever you want at the moment. Oh, right, sure. And you want to do these things, and you're stopping yourself from doing it or doing things you don't want to do instead of things you do want to do. It sounds like if you're asking this question. So, like clearly, you do want to have you know more productive summer, whatever the word might be. So do the things you want to do. And make sure that you set up your life in such a way so that you can, mm. if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then a pro tip. You used to talk about getting up in the morning. Um, if you are working like a blue-collar job where you it's a lot of manual labor, or if you're just having a hard time setting up your schedule, like you, you want to get up earlier but you're not doing it, the best, way, the best solution to both of those problems is just to do your working out early in the morning. So like if you work a blue collar job where you're tired at the end of the day and you mm-hmm. don't want to work out, just work out before you go to work. Yeah, I think they call or that go eating for a the frog walk first or whatever or it is. Like yeah. That, yeah. Yep. Now you don't have to worry about it. Same thing, if you get up every morning and go for a walk, then your body, the moment you wake up, is already preparing itself mm-hmm. for that and it's gonna make it a lot easier to get up in the morning. Yeah, in particular when it when it comes to the the friends that you hang out with, I think like the, the, the company that you keep is a good indicator of the person that you're going to become. Mm-hmm. So those that you spend the most time with her, you look at their lives and that kind of stuff and you say, is this, is this the type of person that I want to be? And it's true to some regard that change begins on the inside. Like if you want to make a difference in your life, you're going to be able to do that. But you can also have the opportunity to show your leadership and to, to kind of lead your group into a different direction. If you're, if you're modeling positive behavior and, you know, at the end of the day, Christian behavior to your friends. Um, but I think the hardest thing that to come to terms with, especially as you get to lo- a little bit older, is that there are times in your life where you're going to have to cut ties with some people who are just clearly going down the wrong road, road and want no part in, in changing who they are. And so it hurts in the moment to cut those ties right away. But five, ten years down the line, you're going to be thanking yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and something that kind of, well, that definitely coincides with this is like if you're talking about media as well, like if there are influences on your media that are making you, you know, get into trouble, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you're following people who post things that are just generally probably not good for you spiritually or in any other shape in your life, like unfollow them. Yeah. Like quite frankly, like that, yeah. that would be good practice for the situation if – if it comes down to it, if you have to say, hey, buddy from high school, uh, 
like I can't hang out with you anymore, you know? So it's like being able to set those boundaries, I think is more so what it's about. Uh, granted, you know, you don't, I don't know that any of us really want to cut people from our lives. Obviously, like you said, that's a hard thing to do, but figuring out how you can establish a boundary with that person so that they understand that, look, I do want you to be in my life, but also I need you to understand that what you're getting me to do or trying to get me to do is not healthy for me. And I recognize that it's not healthy for me. Yeah. That's well, that's where rule three from, uh, oops, I turned myself down too much. That's where rule three, uh, like of my house rules that I talk about all the time, that's where that comes from. That idea of uh, if it's illegal or immoral, do it somewhere mm-hmm. else. And that sounds like some people take a not offense, but they like they're like, hey, how come you're not just saying don't do it or whatever it is? It's is that idea of I can't control what you do, mm-hmm. I can't control your behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's against the laws of God and the laws of man, I'm not going to participate in it, and I'm also not going to tolerate it around me. Yeah, right? And you're not going to so, create a safe haven for them to come right, and Right, that. exactly. So whether that means that I'm walking away, so you're doing illegal or immoral things, maybe it's that I walk away. Yeah. If you happen to be at my house or in my space or in my car, maybe that means I tell you you're no longer welcome mm-hmm. there, um, or that you know, you're not going to be welcome here if you do these things. Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, the culture I create around myself is that these things don't happen in my presence. I don't participate in these things. I don't condone these things. And if it's happening in my presence or I'm participating in them, then I am condoning them. So I'm not going to let those things happen, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think you hit on that, or whichever one of you said, it's hard to draw that line or mm-hmm. s- yeah. establish that boundary. But it's going to pay dividends sooner or later. And it is also going to help you find the people that won't push those boundaries Mm -hmm. right yeah and so and then i guess then it's like what's the next step right like it's definitely tough because sometimes it can feel like you're trapped in a situation where it's like man well if i'm not friends with them then i don't have friends here right Mm -hmm. and honestly ah man i don't know that i want to say like get over it but it's almost kind of like well go find friends somewhere else in a healthier environment like if that means hanging out with the old people at your church. Maybe you hang out with old people at your church. Mm -hmm. Old people are awesome. And remember, (laughs) like, in the basis of this question, it's just over the summer, right? So, like, what's it going to hurt if you end up hanging around a lot of good people, regardless of their age? Yeah. You know, for, what, two and a half, three months? I don't know. Yeah. And maybe I'm not the right guy to answer this question either, because I'm okay with, I can be a loner for three months. It doesn't bother Mm. me at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have enough of a network that I can where I've been really intentional about building those relationships I can mm-hmm. just lean on, which maybe is actually motivation then to do what you're saying. So here's a thought. It's not about having a quantity of friends. It's the quality of your friendships mm-hmm. that matters, mm-hmm. right? And like, guess you're a really social guy. You have a lot of friendships and acquaintances, right? Mm-hmm. But there's that core of intimate friends Right, those high quality friendships; oh, yeah. those are the most important ones. Right? Yeah, yeah right? right. I'm not nearly as social as you are, but I have an awesome community of those short, like those not short term, of those long term <laughs> friendships that have been around for a while. I can straight up shoot them a text and say, like, "Hey, <laughs> I'm feeling a little lonely. Want to chat?" <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they can, even if it's not like, "Oh yeah, let's talk right now," it'll be. Let's schedule a time to do that, right? Yeah, and right. so then, and then we're, we're able to do that. And because we've spent so much time building those kinds of relationships over the years, then it becomes a lot easier to have those conversations. So yep. yeah, well, and then maybe something to think about too is throw this out there. Uh, 
unless you have to be home to make money, like why not figure out how to vacation or go be near those people that are healthy to be around? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you can, option, if you're comfortable yeah. with staying somewhere else for a bit of time, even though it's not home, try that out. Right. Yeah. Or even to that extent, like if you are staying home and you have to work for, you, you need to have that job over the summer, maybe consider getting a different job. Right. Because, because yeah. part of it could be, it's like maybe the job you're at, like it's a good job, but since you don't really get along with the people there, you're not making good connections with yeah. them. So then you're going back to those friends or, who are those negative influences yeah. are coming from your job. Like the that people too. that you work yeah. with, like, you yeah. don't get to control that. Yeah. Exactly. Just, to, just like it says in scripture, it'd be better to enter eternal life without a hand yep. or an eye <laughs> yep. than right. it is to, uh, than to keep your hand and have your whole body go to hell. Right. It's the same idea. It'd be better to be lonely for a summer than to uh, have your soul destroyed. Right. Right. Or, or uh, just be miserable or, have a crisis of faith or whatever it might be uh, because of the setting that you're in. Yeah, well, I know for myself, that's why I have two jobs back home. When I go home for the summer, I work at McDonald's, and then I work at an indoor axe-throwing place because I love the indoor axe-throwing place, and I love the people I get to hang out with there, but I don't make as much money. I make a bunch of money at McDonald's. I honestly can't say that I really enjoy being around those people, but... It you know it's like I need <laughs> I need that money. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Here's another idea: if you're doing things you regret, maybe you need to fill your time with something else. So, pick up a hobby. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, a, yeah, summer yeah, would yeah. be a great time to pick up a hobby. Or like if there's a book you wanted to read, or a, even a TV series you wanted to watch, mm-hmm. or whatever it is that. So something you've wanted to do but haven't done yet. It could be a hobby. It could be just like a diving into you know a book or a book series or social mm-hmm. like even like. Um, building up your social media presence or anything like that, right? Get uh, mm-hmm. get active about something like that. Oh yeah, and, and make your summer about that instead of you know being because most of the time when we do stupid stuff, it's because we're bored or we're tired. Mm-hmm. One of the two. Bored and tired are both, and bored and tired together, which is what happens when you're working tons of hours over yep. the summer. Yep. You get bored and tired at the same time, and that's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. So bored and tired are your enemies. So find ways to not be bored and find ways to not be tired. And a good routine and having goals for the summer are both going to help you do that. Yeah, and I guess something that I kind of want to just add on to one of the comments that I made a minute ago with the whole maybe live somewhere else. Something that might not be getting captured in this question is like if your at-home life is bad when you go home over oh, the summer, yeah. right? So again, that would be another reason to consider like it wouldn't, I don't know that it, ah, maybe it is difficult, but reach out to somebody and say, hey, man, like you're my friend. I, is there any way I could come stay with you for a month? Like I'd love to work near or like work with you guys or something, you know, make those connections somehow, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, lean on those connections that you do Mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And in the question, I even say they've got a good community at school. Lean on that community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Lean on that community. All right. Uh, Remember, if you've got a question you'd like us to answer on the podcast, use the links in the description below to get a hold of us on social media or by email and let us know what you want the bros to talk about next. All right. Talking about the fourth commandment today. Fourth petition. Sorry, the fourth petition of the Lord's <laughs> Prayer today. Um, and it goes as follows. Give us today our daily bread. What does this mean? 
God certainly gives daily bread to everyone, with or without our prayers, uh, even to all, even to evil people. But we pray in this petition that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What is meant by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and the like. you got to love Luther, huh? <laughs> Covers all the bases. <laughs> that is Covers a lot of commas. Covers every single possible base. Yeah. Um, you also can tell it's a literal translation because the same word over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like in English, we would change those up, um, but in other languages, you don't necessarily do that. Cool. Uh, we, of course, dug into the large catechism a little bit more, um, and kind of similar to what he says here, he pretty boldly says, and like really all he says actually in the in the large catechism is, um, don't just think food. <laughs> yeah. on this petition. It is anything and everything that makes life both good and livable. Um, and he even emphasized the idea that it's about enjoying life as well. So not only does every does God provide everything we need to sustain life, like physically keep breathing and keep your heart beating and not die of starvation, but then also everything we enjoy about life, everything we like about life, all the things that we need to make life good and fruitful and pleasant, he also gives us all of those things, and we're asking for those things um, in his commandment as well. Um, and then he flips it on its head and says, really what we're doing when we pray this petition is warfare against the evil one, which yeah. is probably the case of every single one of these um, petitions, but specifically the idea that he would that the evil one would interfere in such a way so as to destroy our faith. Um, and so we ask that God gives us everything we need so that wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. I was actually surprised reading the large catechism about this, how heavily he leans on uh, <clears throat> civic relationships and <clears throat> how he talks about how, like, your prayer, especially when we pray daily bread, should really encompass everything that has to do with the government and and the prayer that the government be successful and the prayer that the, that the government be just and do everything possible to ensure that its citizenry is living a comfortable life and does have their daily needs met. And I think uh, I think one of the quotes that I was looking at here was, uh, in order to remind both pr- princes and subjects that it is through the prince's office that we enjoy protection and peace, and that without them we could neither eat nor preserve the precious gift of bread. So it's different in America where we get the opportunity to have dissenting opinions, where we get the opportunity to vote on who we want in office and that kind of stuff. And in Luther's day... Things were obviously a lot different than they are now, but I think too often we get wrapped up in the differences between our two, poli- two between our two political parties, and we don't focus on focus on wishing that our governments would be just, would be right, would do things that allow us to live comfortably, provide for ourselves, and provide for our families as well. Yeah, you make a good point. We put a really high emphasis in politics on being <coughs> the winners mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and being the powerful, and I maybe not enough. Maybe not enough emphasis on being right and mm-hmm. just and faithful. You know, something that I've wondered about a lot is like, would we have all the uh, social political issues that we have if we didn't have a sustainable source of, if we didn't have the abundance in America that we have? You're well, we talking I mean? about like the, all the transgender stuff and yeah, abortion yeah, like and any all those any things. kind of social issue or political issue you can think about. Like, if yeah. we didn't have bread or food, just general amenities available 
at ease for most people. Not even amenities, luxuries. Right, we live yeah. in luxury yes, compared yeah. to what Luther was living in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this might ruffle some feathers, but here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh um, somebody, uh, somebody said, I, I was on a podcast or something recently that I heard it, um, but I wholeheartedly agree, and I think they're dead on right. Is He said, have you ever noticed that <laughs> that there's no feminists in South Sudan? <laughs> they don't have time to think about that right. stuff. Like, if if you're not if if you're not running away from the rebels, you're running away from lions and hyenas. Mm-hmm. Like they do not have time or bandwidth to worry about you know individual rights mm-hmm. or freedoms, or to worry about the power dynamics within the relationships or anything like that. And it's not to say that that's an excuse for bad behavior within marriages or anything like that. I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. um, but it is interesting to notice that when the comforts and the you know pleasures or whatever word you want to use, as Connor was pointing out and Gus actually pointed that out too, when those things disappear from society, all of a sudden all these social issues also disappear. I think you're spot on when you say that, when you make that observation, right? Um, I think that's true also when you look at American history, you see – um, especially in like the mid 1800s, both before and after the Civil War, you've got really like a lot of these same issues that we're struggling with now. Not necessarily like the gender transitioning, but sure. pretty much everything short of that, even including homosexuality and things, were big issues in the 1800s in America um, in cities. Mm-hmm. You go out on the frontier, not issues. They weren't issues in the West because. You needed so like if you were going to be have a successful farmstead out in the West, you needed a mother mm-hmm. who was taking care of the children and who was cooking and cleaning and doing all the things that needed to be done at the house so that he didn't have to worry about managing his household. He could just go out and work because if he does not work, they do not eat. Right. Right. And then you hear stories about like during the Great Depression where you have you know, like a pound of meat per week per family and you got five kids and the kids and the wife all go without meat. And you, like a modern feminist, if you will, um, and not to pick on feminists, but that's, you know, where we're at at the moment, mm-hmm. um, would look at that and say, you know, how come mom doesn't get to eat, right? Or yep. how come you don't share it equally across the family? Well, dad's the one working. Mm-hmm. Dad's the one that's got to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and go back down to the docks and work all day. He needs the protein, otherwise he can't work. If he can't work, there's no meat at all, right? right? Um, and under those circumstances, under those conditions, you don't have the time or the capacity. It doesn't even cross your mind to say, I don't know if we're equals in this relationship. No, he's worried about that. You're worried about getting what you need mm-hmm. to get done so that you guys can all survive. Well, and I think some take away from this to then, I guess, kind of put it maybe back into context of the petition is it's like, um, like aside from all of the unrest that we have socially and politically, we should really be thankful for our government period mm-hmm. like the fact the fact of the matter is is yes like those things are stuff that we can wrestle with and talk about and talk through but in the end i'm we're fed we have roofs over our roofs we're over fed our heads. yeah we're fed and our voices have sway in the right. politics like that's so unique right and so i mean it doesn't matter who's who which side of the aisle you're on or anything you get it's you still have to be grateful to an extent yeah you know? mm-hmm. well and here's I'm, i want to put one more one more thought on on what we were just talking about yeah right? go for it is this is a great opportunity i talked about this actually with somebody last night at the at the cos formal um in a little bit different context but um 
actually, I haven't brought this up on a podcast for a while, but mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite analogies is the tugboat versus the lighthouse, right? Mm-hmm. And what's happening right now in politics, both inside and outside of the church, um, what's happening in politics right now is we're all trying to like change each other's minds and convince mm-hmm. each other and control each other, and the left wants to control the right, and they're right. challenging right. speech and things like that. But the right is also trying to control the left and say, you, know, you can't do this, and you have to do that, and you can't live that way. And you have Christians telling unbelievers that you have to live by our moral code, and you've got unbelievers telling Christians that they shouldn't be living by a moral code. You know, and you've got all these things going on right this is a really great opportunity to practice leadership because leadership by definition isn't forcing anybody to do anything right leadership is simply walking the path right and letting other people follow you can't force anyone to follow you mm-hmm. right um and so whether you want to talk about like a, i've heard it said with the dog sled team right so you know, what's more effective pushing the sled and yelling at the dogs Mm -hmm. or putting on snowshoes and going up and walking ahead of the dogs and letting them follow you. But the analogy of the lighthouse versus um, the tugboat is a tugboat gets in the water and it pushes and pulls these big ships around, right? And it guides them and it does its job and it keeps them safe. But uh, in order for a tugboat to do its job, three things need to happen. One, it needs to be fueled up and ready to go. Two, that big ship needs to be compliant so it needs to submit to the authority if you will of the tugboat because <laughs> if a steamship or a like a big barge or whatever doesn't want to be moved by the tugboat it's, it's not going to happen right and then the third thing is the tugboat driver needs to be right 100 percent of the time if you're a tugboat uh captain and you are wrong once you're no longer a tugboat captain <laughs> <laughs> right and you're also costing the guy that runs the ship or you know, probably millions of dollars actually this in this point. day and age, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to a lighthouse. So, well, so the, to follow the analogy through, is someday at some point you're going to run out of energy and you just can't push and pull pe- the people in your life anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or at some point they're going to under or end up in circumstances that you've never experienced and you don't know what's right or wrong, mm-hmm. and you can't tell them what to do. And if you've created people around you that are completely compliant to you all the time and they don't think for themselves, they only do what you tell them to do. Now they're also going to be in crisis again because you don't know what to do mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and you can get the uh, the analogy yeah. goes on right the lighthouse instead stands up on the hill and just shines mm-hmm. and says this is this is where the danger is this is where safety is you know this is the way walk in it if you will put some put a scriptural stamp on that that was a yeah. good stomach crawl oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah that lighthouse just stands on the top of the hill and shows the way and continues to point in the way and continues to walk in the way and says this is it this is where you go this is where you find safety this is where you find health this is where you find safe harbor <laughs> and this is a great point at in our political climate to just simply say hey i'm going to be a leader I know what's right. I know the path. I know the way of life. I know what's right politically and religious-wise most of the time. And I'm going to walk in the path, and I'm going to let other people follow me. And it is not my job to control anybody else. Yeah, and I think that speaks loudly, too, because on the one hand, you have the political aspect, but that also speaks to parents as well. I mean, you you have parents who will raise their children their whole lives and stuff like that. But at some point, there comes that point where you can no longer push and pull like that tugboat. You can no longer dictate or you're you're not supposed to there are plenty of parents out there that still try to dictate some 20 something year old kids life and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but that's not a healthy relationship between parents and children but uh, to still stand as that lighthouse and to still be that beacon maintaining the course and still standing as that that symbol for them but getting back to the overall prayer uh that is give it to, uh, our daily bread it's just fascinating how all-encompassing 
that prayer really is. Because yeah. on the surface, it seems like you're just asking for your 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 stomach needs to be met every right. single day. But when you pray, when you pray that prayer, you're asking for good government. You're asking for the weather to be cooperative to allow for uh, the the crops to to grow and to flourish. And you're you're hoping that people are civic minded and want everybody to grow and everything like that. So. That simple prayer encompasses, literally, I'm looking at a whole paragraph in the large catechism right now that Luther lists off all the things that come underneath praying that prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I wonder how much anxiety comes from <clears throat> uh, comes from this whole uh, notion that there's only one place that are bread and one place that are clothes and everything can come from, you know. I think, I think something that goes along with this is, uh, you know, being open-minded to the fact that it might not be your parents who feed you. It might not be your uh, aunt and uncle that buy you the clothes that mm-hmm. you need to wear, right? Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, for people who might have anxiety about where their bread might be coming from, I think this is like, well, God has it in his hands. It's going to come from somewhere, and that's all. That's all. That, that's it, right? That's what you're saying is give me my daily bread from wherever it may come from. And to flip it head on its head too, is if the Lord consistently fails to provide it, maybe he doesn't want you to have it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we look at, at at wants and call them needs. Right, yeah. Um, and what he's promising here is giving us our needs, not all of our wants. And there is a difference between mm-hmm. the two. Mm-hmm. I think another paragraph in here that really struck me was when Luther started talking about how the devil wants no part in you receiving your daily bread from your from your heavenly father and to me it's kind of ironic because in in the world we live in today there's kind of this glorified depiction of the devil and how you know you've got celebrities impersonating him you have tv cartoon tv shows that are making jokes about him and everything like that to make him seem less threatening than he really is he does not have your best interest in mind. It is not a party when you get sent to hell. It's not, you know, there's nobody driving the bus. Any of the analogies that you've heard out there, any of the little jokes that you've heard out there, it's it's not a positive experience for anybody. It's an eternal separation from everything good that is going to be, that has been given to you in your life now. And so, yeah, I think, I hate to give him any credit, but the, but the devil has done a masterful job at really leading, in particular, Americans astray when it comes to how we depict him and how we jokingly talk about him. Like there's some struggle between God and and the devil. Like they're on the same playing field. They're not. One truly loves you. The other absolutely despises your existence. Amen. Anything else to add? Mm -mm. All right. We're going to jump into Bible trivia then. Today's Bible trivia comes from hopefully a reputable website. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we should have, like, all of these websites linked for not to be clicked on. You know? like, <laughs> should have a section on our website that says bad granite, Bible granite, trivia bad websites. And granted, we're only testing most of them five deep. But We're going to end up being more famous for our list of bad Bible trivia websites than we are for our podcast. Yeah, people will be like, hey, have you heard this podcast? They've got, a, like, the list of sites not to got go on. The list. They rank 
Christian. That actually wouldn't be a obscure bad, Bible. Yeah. That would not sites. be a bad model for a podcast. Would be like the ranking Bible trivia sites. Well, not it, you wouldn't have to limit the Bible trivia. It could okay. just be like yeah. diving. Like every episode would be a different like quote unquote Christian ministry or website or link yeah. or social can you media spot, account can or you whatever. Spot the heresy. Yeah, and then also calling out the good ones too. So yeah. you just find them and then you break it down. You go, this is what's good. This is what's bad. Make fun of the stupid stuff and everything in between. That could be a good a cool podcast. Uh, yeah. I'm not the one to make it, but it could be fun to do. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <clears throat> when I start mine, be part of the Gird Up family. It'll be, it'll be go. Gustav and the heresy. That, yeah. <laughs> just heretic? Question mark? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yikes. Is, the question of the week, once again, is, is Gustav a heretic? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, <laughs> we'll start out easy. Uh, we'll start out easy with uh, the trivia questions here. Question number one: Which books of the Bible did Solomon write at least portions of? In what books of the Bible are there the writings of Solomon? Uh, Proverbs and Song of Songs, right? Oh, there's mo- okay. I thought you said two. Um, uh, Lamentations. Mm, not limitations. No, no. So we got Proverbs, Song of Solomon. Is it Chronicles? No. Oh my goodness, guys. You're killing me here. Think about the this content the of these question. chapters or of these books. I guess, did he write a psalm, probably? He wrote some psalms, yeah. Okay. And there's one more. May It's probably Solomon. Mm. Don't know for sure. Probably Solomon. Mm. Hevel. No, you say that like <laughs> you didn't help <laughs> either of us with that one. Yeah, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Oh boy, everything. Oh, Ecclesiastes. Yeah, Here Ecclesiastes is, is yeah, likely yeah, him. Okay. Likely, likely, likely Solomon. Basically, okay. there's a lot of evidence in the book itself. <laughs> there's a lot of wisdom in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but you look at you look at what he's talking so about. It's likely that um, he wrote Song of Solomon as a young man. That he wrote uh, proverbs or the proverbs that are attributed to him as you know, uh, like kind of at his height, at his peak, mm. um, and then after he has a thousand women and all those kinds of things, mm. like the seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. <clears throat> after all of that, and he has a crisis of faith. Mm-hmm. It seems likely, based on the content of Ecclesiastes, that he then had kind of a return to the Lord and mm-hmm. wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. Ignore my little yeah. joke about Lamentations, because it's literally called the the Lamentations of Jeremiah. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, your joke. What a funny joke, man! Ha ha ha! We got a comedian. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Who is this guy? I graduate in May, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> So I'll give you credit for that one. So you got one right. Here we go. Um, okay, question number two. How many kings of Judah were there? Judah specifically. So how many kings of Judah were there? Mm. It's easier than I think you... It's double digits, right? What's that? Double digits? It is double digits. Um, Don't think too hard on this one. Do you... Uh, one more hint, please. Uh, is it over... Like, what's the time period? I'm trying. I well, can't it's remember. Judah. So remember, the kingdom split. Right. Mm-hmm. Like hundred to. Uh, no, you said double digits. Double no, digits. I'm talking about the years, oh. not the kings. Oh, you're talking. Uh, that's a good question. I think you were looking at like 400 years. I think. Hmm. Okay. Okay. okay I could okay. be wrong about that. Uh, my guess will be. Oh, Judah. And I remember there's like an easy memory hook to this too that Kelpine gave us at some point. 
I don't know. I'm going to shoot at 15. 20. 20 it is. Ah, yeah. It's a nice even number. Yeah. Yeah, it's 20. Because it's I, I, less than... That's, that's why I don't forget it. It's the, that's the only reason I don't forget it, is that it's 20. Yeah. It's less than Israel, right? Cause Israel, yeah, Israel, Israel had more, had more kings. kings. Both yeah. because they had a bunch of kings that were only for a little bit of time, but then the kings of Israel, after the uh, uh, captivity, mm-hmm. there were still kings of Israel after that. Right, in Judah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Oh, hey, look at that. Ties right in. Who returned to Israel to build up the walls of Jerusalem? Begins with a J? No. Okay. <laughs> Who returned? Who returned to Israel after captivity, after Israel was destroyed? And rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. It's not the thousands easy. of Israelites. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's not. The and who was their leader? Oh. <laughs> Jeremiah. It's, that's what I was saying. That's not it, though. That's right. I, obviously, yeah, that's not we true. Just re- we just spent a month studying Jeremiah. Okay, return to Israel. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks for having me on your podcast, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's the first letter? <laughs> uh, you might as well at this point. He's N. laughing because he... Wait, wait, say it again. And he rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah? Yes. Nehemiah. Oh, there you go. Nice. I, I You've got you. all the answers I love you right guys there on the computer right here. there. I love you guys. It's a slow night. Here. It's a slow <laughs> night. That wasn't on my radar at all. That's I true. I do, have the, I do have them in front of me. All right. <sighs> again, I think this is easy. Um... Go for but it. maybe I'm wrong. Go mm. for it. Trivia question. Here we go. Who was the Israelite that saved her people from being murdered and also was the wife of the king? Not an Israelite king, not a Jewish king. Who was a queen of another country who saved? It was Jewish queen. I should know this. This is an easy one. Is it not Deb? Deb? No, 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 no. Deborah no, was no, a judge. No, no. Oh, she oh, has her yeah, own book in the Bible. Right. Is it Esther? Esther it is. Oh, there See, you go. <laughs> yeah. When there's, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Esther it is. Esther scared. it is. Yep. I got no excuses tonight. Um, I'm starting to think that I don't remember the book of Ruth very well. Well, you'll go through it in depth next year. So Sweet. I'm yeah. stoked. All right. Before Jesus began preaching and spreading God's message... What was his job? Oh. Uh, uh, being perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't tell me you how to say Was it carpenter? Yeah. No, uh, I've yeah, seen the craftsman. I know what it is. A craftsman, a carpenter, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. It likely was a, it was, fun fact, likely wasn't a carpenter, like with wood. Mm. It's probably a, because it doesn't specifically say, because there is a Greek word for like a carpenter who yeah. works with wood. Yeah. And they use the word craftsman instead. Mm. And so for many years, the assumption was, oh, he's probably building houses, so he's a carpenter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in that area, it's very arid, so he didn't have a lot of wood to work with. Mm. So he probably worked with stone. Mm. Really? If he did work with wood, he was probably making furniture, not building homes. Mm. So the word that they use in Greek kind of implies that he's doing like buildings and it was probably stone. Just a fun fact. Anyway. Yeah. Um, how many books of the Bible contain the name John? There's no reason you would know this, but it's fun to guess. Contain like wi- not in the title, like within the book it says John. Yeah. How about Is it double digits? No. Okay. It's also not all of the Gospels. 
And it's not all the gospel. I'm going to say five. Close. Hmm. You got eight more it's choices. four, yeah. <laughs> so one of the gospels okay. doesn't name him, and then he's named in the book of Acts. Hmm. Oh, okay. Which yeah. which which gospel is that? That it, he isn't named? I can't. I don't know that. It doesn't tell oh, me, and I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. I know I said that. That was. There's no reason that anybody would know that off the yeah, top of their head. Let's check it out. Okay, feel, one more. My, my feeling is Luke, but I'm probably wrong. But he does talk about John in Acts, right? Okay, so it makes sense point. if he was named. In. I was just thinking. He well, probably isn't. No, he's not named in John because he refers to himself as the apostle. But, but the whom name, Jesus loved. but the name John, it didn't say the per. Because which John at that point? He does say John the John Baptist. The Baptist in the book yeah. of John. Oh, you're right. So, so then, I'm th- is it Mark then? Wouldn't all four of them have it? Because I don't all four know. Of them Maybe we found another trivia question that's wrong. I don't um, know. Yeah, is it Harry's weird? I don't know if it's heresy. It might just be wrong. <laughs> type it There's in. a difference right. between f- facts facts that are wrong and heresy. <laughs> We're just going to lump it all together as heresy. I'll, I'll type it in as a separate Google thing so that mm-hmm. like just to see what happens. On a side note, I'm still loving this Montucky. Yeah, dude. The Montucky Cold Snap is one of the most drinkable beers I've ever had. Uh-oh. Here you go. Well, he's looking that up. How many books of the Bible did Jesus directly write? <laughs> There's no right answer to that question because either way, you're a heretic. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is it double digits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just a poorly written question. <laughs> what were the men trying to do at the Tower of Babel? Erect the tower. Go to heaven. Reach heaven. Thank you. <laughs> Erect a tower. Well, what else? Are you what were the men for? building the tower doing? Building a tower. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a the that name jo- name of John question is a ridiculous question. There's no direct answer. Like yeah. when I, I said, how many books of the Bible contain the name John? And the immediate answer is five canonical books of the New Testament are ascribed to John. So like that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Theoretical. Well, okay. Last and final question. Here we go. What is the name of the famous queen that came to visit Solomon? Cleopatra. What? No. It's the Queen of Sheba. <laughs> Thank ah, you. Dang it. Who was not Cleopatra? <laughs> okay. What, isn't it's not there, their name. That's, there, that's isn't Julius there a Caesar. Rumor? Is Cle- Cleopatra. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, like, that's not her name. Like, that's technically her title, wasn't it? Like, oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought it's the Queen multiple... of Sheba. It doesn't, like, give her name. Just mm. the Just the region she's queen of. Right, yeah. Oh, well, you so, can't, so Cleopatra, then? we don't know her name. Cleopatra oh. it was, it, yeah. Cleopatra exist was like slept with Julius Caesar apparently, or mm-hmm. had like an affair, and so that cannot be the same person that visited Solomon, obviously, right? Because yeah. it's two different times in history. Yeah, yeah. But I think uh, people that don't really care about being historically accurate have conflated those two things. Yeah. in like popular yeah. media. That was the only reason I shouted yeah. it out is because I feel like I saw. Like something that was saying, oh yeah, Cleopatra was like a concubine of Solomon, and it's like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, I would say we 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 kind of failed tribute today, but that's okay. That's all. We tried really hard. (laughs) Everyone's a winner on the Gird Up Podcast, except for the losers. Um, Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Top three this week. Top three video games, which probably haven't been made, but should be. What you got? 
Who wants to start? I'm going to repeat that just so, you did, so, just so everybody listening catches it. Top three video games which probably haven't been made but should be. So you really got to be into video games or at least no video games to get this one. But, uh, Connor, go ahead. Kick it off, buddy. Uh, my first one is The Bible. Say more. I Wait, hold on. No, I thought that. Give us your sales page. Hold yeah. up. Like, like that. Well, I, 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 would, I, would, I, would add the, I would add the word well to that. <laughs> no, I, I will. I will. I'm sure there's a bunch of bad video games from 1998. A brief caveat that says there is a video game out there where it's you play the life of Jesus. It's not accurate in any shape or form, but it exists. Heal this guy to gain 30 coins. That's exactly what it's like. That's exactly what it's like. Oh, I was thinking, so there's another game called Adventures of the Old Testament, a Bible video game. Uh, it would be cool to be like David mm-hmm. or and Moses have to, and have to, like, you know, survive in yeah. foreign countries and, yeah. and decide whether or not you're going to kill Saul or the, and all or that Or the kind spies of in Canaan or anything like yeah, that. Like, yeah, I think cool. it would be a fun game. But... It, well, it's, yeah, I guess it wouldn't be any different than uh, like uh, Lord of the Rings or any other other ones that are based on books yeah. and movies. Because uh, my this, objection was going to be you have you have a choice. Like, where would the choices be? But um, yeah, this Old Testament one was made last year. It came out oh, in September. Really? Yeah, yeah, no, but I think the Jesus one was the one I was thinking yeah, about that you yeah. just described. I but it would be to fun to like, play as, as like Eve or something like that. Do you take the apple? Do you not take the apple? Like that? Yeah. Wow, so take, much fun! And then you get like the death screen from uh, from Oregon Trail. Yeah. <laughs> like, Eve died. Yeah. <laughs> Spiritually, and there's just a snake sitting there laughing at you. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, or if you don't take the apple, and then the screen just turns white and never yep. changes because <laughs> it's <laughs> eternity <laughs> if you don't take the apple you just win the game <laughs> takes five minutes you're created you don't eat the apple you win yep. all, right. all right well to tie into that theme then i thought like uh, you have to go do evangelism or be a missionary right so it'd be like a role-playing mm-hmm. game where you go do mission work somewhere i have so you'd be like don't that, be yeah. killed by the african tribes yeah. <laughs> Or okay. you could do like historic evangelists too. So you could be like uh, St. Patrick going to Ireland yeah. and you got to cast out all the snakes. And I know that's not yeah. accurate, but cast yeah. out all the snakes and then walk around making beer and telling people about Jesus. Like, that'd be cool. <laughs> you, you almost stole one of mine. My, one of mine is uh, Wells Pastor Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wake up. Go visit yeah, Betty. Go visit shut ins. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Give communion to somebody with dementia who just keeps interrupting you and doesn't know what's going on. There's all kinds of simulator (laughs) games out there. If there can be a farming simulator, there can be a Wells Pastor simulator. Somebody get on that. One of the challenges is continuing to preach while a baby cries. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, Pastor Gunther, if you're listening, you should do that because I know he he does work. Do like a VR simulator Mm -hmm. for for being a pastor. That would be kind of cool. A day in the life. That'd be kind of cool. It's yeah, it. so two years ago now, uh, one of the talent shows, I think it was Homecoming, uh, Colin Neville made a skit, and it, I think it was MLC the video game. And it was basically like a Super Mario Bros. I remember style that. game. It was really and good. And the final boss was a giant VP shown head. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> it, it was pretty great. What's one of yours? Yeah. We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, so uh, real quick, the top three doesn't uh, have any Christian connotation, so none of my choices are no, Christian. No, I, yeah, yeah, I was just coming yeah, up But you guys were just, so coming, went just throwing that, them out yeah. there, and so now I feel bad for not having it. Because no, you don't really love Jesus. <sighs> Apparently. Clearly. That's what it means. I've got to do it. <laughs> what? Come on. No. Uh, so my top one, uh, 
StarCraft Three. I don't know if any. I remember you StarCraft. Guys. Yeah. So StarCraft, the original one, a lot of fun, but just mm-hmm. really old. StarCraft Two, it didn't really bring the ma- <laughs> the magic of StarCraft One <laughs> back, but it was it was fine. But if they could make a StarCraft Three and have it available on consoles, mm-hmm. and again, like real video game people will be like, oh yeah, you got to have PC. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I don't do PC. I can't afford it. Exactly. <laughs> and so it's like. Yeah, like if they just made a console version of any of the StarCraft games, or specifically just made a newer one, call it StarCraft Three, that'd be awesome. You don't know who made that, do you? What? Yeah, it's uh, Blizzard. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Just World got, of Warcraft guys. Did they just get bought out by somebody? Xbox or PlayStation uh, or something like that? I I think it was Xbox. Yeah, yeah I think it was yeah, Xbox. They made a yeah. super deal with them or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You got another one, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I was just thinking. I am so out of my depth in this. Country. I know this is this is not your wheelhouse. Okay, <laughs> I do have one really good idea, but uh, this is my second idea. I'll save my really good idea for the last there time. You, so this, but this is my second idea: is Grand Theft Auto, but from the police's perspective. Ooh. Yo, Ooh. right? Stop Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> Stopped Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> that would actually and be really the cool. law enforcement edition. Or there something. are a couple yeah. police simulators out there, but not quite. Well, and then, yeah, and then if you yeah, do mistakes, like yeah. you go to court or yeah, there's a riot yeah. or, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no, that prosecuted. would actually be really cool. You know, glorify the good guys mm-hmm. for once instead of. Uh, my second option, now that you stole my Wells Pass, your simulator idea, was uh, Moby Dick. Ooh, a video game yeah. about Moby wow. Dick. I think that would be a lot of fun. That. Or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, yeah, which I think like there w- is like a PC game, but mm-hmm. not like a true video game. Yeah, I think yeah. like taking those older novels like Robinson Crusoe. Treasure Cruiso, Island. Yeah, like they wouldn't be, like they would be open world to Swiss Family extent, Robinson. But, not, but yeah. not really. I mean like Assassin's yeah. Creed kind of did a little bit. Assassin's Creed does a fantastic yeah. job of yeah. like doing a lot of historically accurate stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, one of mine is an idea for an Assassin's Creed. But there is versions of what I'm looking for in different mm-hmm. studios. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, yeah, Moby Dick would be sweet. Uh, I was thinking Call of Duty Ghost 2. That was just one that I was... I don't know why I would want that. I just like, I like Call Ghost, of Duty yeah. Ghost. It was, it was a great game. And mm-hmm. instead of remastering everything, just make new content. That's mm-hmm. that's what I would like. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What's your really good one, Kay. Kay. Yeah, <laughs> You're going to laugh at me, but I think it's really good. Is You could do a Jack London video <clears throat> game, right? Oh, yeah. Where you have different Jack London books, mm-hmm. and you have to like complete the story arc for the different Jack London mm-hmm. books. So like, you could do the Seawolf, so you get you know, marooned... And then picked up by a ship, and you've got to like survive and work mm-hmm. your way up to being mm-hmm. the first mate, mm-hmm. and then take over, then lead your mutiny and take over the ship, yeah. right? Or then you can be a Call of the Wild book, or a Call of the Wild story arc, where you're the dog and you get kidnapped, right? And then you have to survive and work your way up to being a wolf, right? Yeah. And or you could do uh, same thing. I mean. Every single one of his books has a similar story arc. Yeah. Then the other thing about uh, like a Jack London video game is you could complete the story arc and then still be doing like the challenges. Like you could still continue to play right. the game after it's yeah, over. It's over yeah. You can make it like a live thing, similar to um, you know like other you know like Call of Duty or any of those yeah. where you play online. Yeah, I came I up love, with one. I of love them. hearing you talk about video games. <laughs> but so, so then you could have like. You could be different, or maybe a better maybe a better way to think about it would be on was it NBA 2K or whatever, where you can go and play. Like, there's the big park, and you go play pickup games at the park. So it could be different different storyline, like different parts of the stories where you go play different 
different characters within this certain thing. Yeah. So if you want to be like the evil guy, you can just be that guy. And yeah. ne- next year when we're rooming together, I'm going to make you sit down and play at least one of my favorite games together. Because you are going to get which, so which frustrated with one? me because I am thinking? so bad. Maybe like The Last of Us or something like that, or, yeah, or maybe like yeah. Red Dead. That's I have, Cowboys. He might I like Red Dead, Dead too. Oh, I've, Red I've, Dead too. I've watched people play Red yeah. Dead. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you play something because like you you have so many you have your fingers in so many different pies and like how many different hobbies you have. It's just one of the things that you don't have any and i want to see you struggle at something so, <laughs> <laughs> that was such a veiled compliment <laughs> yeah uh, uh, i hope you've got a lot of patience because yeah. i am so like i'm so i i genuinely would like to be good at like not good just passable so yeah. that, like when people are like hey let's have a mario kart tournament i can't even play mario kart <laughs> yeah. i'm so bad i can't stay on the track at mario mm-hmm. kart that's how bad I am. I'm excited. I, I deserve that's that look. Like, I know. Like for there's something You're like have I did someday. When I was born, there was a chip missing from my brain that does video games. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't that's know. A great analogy for this situation. Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my final one that was kind of a joke was Elder Scrolls Six because we've been waiting for <laughs> over a decade for that thing to come out now. Lol. So. Yeah. Side note. <laughs> yeah. So I, <laughs> so I was telling these guys, uh, there's a, so one game that I was always dreaming about uh, was Diablo Four, and that's finally coming out. So I can't. That's no longer on my list. But uh, I was also thinking. So the one that I have written down, I'm going to go on a side note. An actual King Arthur game that follows the tales of King Arthur that would, would be, be cool. legit. That would be really cool. And yes. then you got all the individual adventures. Yeah, and the, you the, can the play as too. each knight. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. you know, there's tons yeah. of ancient writings of each. Like the yeah. Green Knight could yeah, be like an RPG yeah, yeah. or an NPC. What am I? What's the acronym I'm looking for? RPG. No, add on. Oh, my gosh. Uh, DLC. DLC. That's mm-hmm. the one. Yeah. It'd be it's a DLC. Downloadable content. Green knight. Yeah. But uh, no, the one game that I was always. And see, again, it could just be that I haven't really looked for it, but if assassin's greed did an actual like ninja they have one in the works right now they have they, three that are coming out. well because i know this they're coming out with i know that like, they're coming out with house. mirage and yeah, that one looks yeah, pretty interesting mirage, yeah. but i'm saying like assassin's creed and it's with ninjas and it's like they're rising up mm-hmm. against the samurai because that's what a ninja what ninjas originally were you and i should start a video game podcast that's <laughs> under yeah. the family dude, of the girl dude i i <laughs> <laughs> is it heresy question <laughs> where yeah. do we find god here where the where where's the christology yeah, in diablo 4 where do we <laughs> see and donkey kong is like the devil <laughs> oh my goodness there you go whoa <laughs> but yeah no i mean it's like they just gotta finish the arc you know like they're going into all of the ancient civilizations they've done mm-hmm. egypt they've done Greece. Greece. They've yeah. done uh, well. Vikings. I don't know what you. Have. They did the yeah. Revolutionary War, didn't they? Yeah. They yeah, did. that was one of the older ones. Yeah. And then the they did Pirates with Black Flag, which was phenomenal. And I mean, I don't know that Mirage was my next step. I wasn't thinking. Oh yes, uh, we need some Muslim culture assassins. But I guess yeah, there that, is a correlation. Well, that's what, there. The, that's yeah. what the first two were kind of built around the the Middle and East. See, that's and the so thing is I didn't. Of, I, yeah, I haven't. I haven't played the first two, so I haven't. No. I didn't know about that. That's interesting to find uh, out. It's so nice to have so much to talk about that Charlie doesn't understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Fair not enough. interrupting this time. But yeah, <laughs> and so... <laughs> so well, right where real it quick, hurts. Real quick, right side question. I've done so well uh, this episode, yeah, though. So the answer to this question could be immediate. Did they do a Beowulf DLC to the Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Or was it a different ancient Viking? I don't think they did. I think they just kind of went into the whole, like... 
the the realm of the gods and all. Because I would love a Beowulf video game yeah, as well. Beowulf that would be fantastic. Be cool. Please and thank you. I want to anyway. read Beowulf someday, yeah. but I haven't. Yeah, actually get through it. Like I remember, I started reading it when I was younger, but it was just over. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. It's like when you try to read the Iliad or the Odyssey for the first time when in you're, middle school. Yeah, yeah. You're, like, you're seven, you're twelve years old and trying to. And then we translate it. You got to reread the first line six times and <laughs> yep, then you give yep. up. <laughs> yep. All right. So, this anyway. week we're diving for this week in church. We're diving into Lamentations three verses eighteen to twenty six. This, uh, if you're following the um, A group for, uh, yeah, yeah, this is Connor's favorite book. <laughs> Written by Solomon. <laughs> if you're from the seminary, please ignore this. I'm so sorry. Oh my goodness, this is going to come up at once. Okay, for from you the guys. Lamentations of Jeremiah. Thank you. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> all right, uh, so we're all learning, but yeah, but it comes from it comes from the litany. So we're going through the litany. Uh, so those are the readings that happen in church on Sunday, um, and so this may or may not be one that you hear on Sunday, um, but if it is, you'll have already giving some thought to it. So here we go. Uh, Lamentations 3, verses 18 to 26. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope, because of the Lord's great love we are not. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is Your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for Him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. I'm not good at that waiting quietly part. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we. I don't know that anybody is. Right? What does that look like to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord? You know, and it's interesting to read this post uh resurrection right yeah so it's right like, yes yeah, it's, it's easter three mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh like we wait so now we're waiting quietly for the second coming or is it mm. now that the salvation of the lord has come by jesus resurrection are we still waiting quietly i guess that i'm i'm kind of curious to the context of this a well little bit you think more. about it from the early church's perspective jesus came and everything was di- everything changed and yet nothing is different kind mm-hmm. of a thing you know mm-hmm. like right. jesus came he died he rose everything is different and yet well you still gotta go do daily life and the roman mm-hmm. empire is still there and yep you know mm-hmm. so being patient about that maybe yeah, and maybe it has a uh, yeah. Maybe that's encouragement for when we're going through, uh, going through the well, like he says in the beginning of this, with the remember his affl- affliction and wandering, right? So like, if we feel like we're going through that affliction and wandering right now, it's kind of like be at peace. Salvation will come. Yeah, hmm. uh, somebody, a wise man once said to me, a Christian is either going or is, is either gearing up to go into a spiritual battle coming out of a spiritual battle or uh in the midst or resting oh. <laughs> waiting for the next spiritual battle to come yeah so you're either going into one coming out of one or resting up for the next one mm. that there really never is a a, a true like and you're really never in life going to truly have a reprieve from the temptations and the struggles of the, the sinful life yeah. um and so with that in mind, continue to be patient with the Lord, and he will 
provide everything. So like he, uh, what does he say? The Lord is my portion, therefore I'll wait for him. I have everything I need in him. Because mm-hmm. even if he doesn't give me my daily bread, then he's still calling me home to be with him. Because that's ultimately what happens. If I don't get my daily bread from the Lord, my life, my earthly life is taken away, and I get to go be with him, which is the ultimate good thing that could ever happen to me, right? Best day ever. Worst day on earth, best day ever, mm-hmm. right? And recognizing that, I can then bear under all things, as Paul would say, and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Just simply keep walking my path and wait quietly for the mm-hmm. Lord to do what he decides needs to be done. Which is tough pill mm-hmm. to swallow. And even when you're in the midst of those spiritual battles, when you are truly at some of the lowest points in your life, and they, they come at different points in your life and in different frequencies in your life, but I, I'm looking at verse 21 where it says, And yet I call to mind, and therefore I have hope, that because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed. Like, that's enough. You don't need any other hope in this world despite what you're going through currently, whatever hardships, whatever struggles you're going through. And, it, and it's hard because currently right now, I can't think of myself in the midst of a hardship right now because I'm so blessed to be a part of the campus that I'm a part of and, and the friend group that I have a part of. But there are probably people out there that are listening right now that are in the midst of something truly rough that they're going through. And so to cling to the fact that the Lord is your portion and that is more than enough for anything you need in life. Dead air. (laughs) (laughs) You guys both looked at me. He was kind of just shut it down. That was awesome. In the best way, shut it down. Yeah. Man, it's really easy to be like on a spiritual high after Easter and kind of have that idea of everything's fine now, right? Mm -hmm. And it is kind of what... I mean, evangelicalism, that's the, that's what they're sell, that's the bill of goods they're trying to sell to you, really, mm-hmm. is this idea of everything is awesome because Jesus is my Savior. Everything is not awesome. <laughs> and like, in eternity it will be. But right now, the, what, the, li- the world that I live in, the path that I walk, everything is not awesome. And the moment I think it is, I'm about to get blindsided by something. <laughs> right? And that doesn't mean we should be cynical. It doesn't mean that we should you know, give up hope or whatever it might be. What it does mean is we should expect this life to be hard mm-hmm. and expect that the Lord will give us everything we need. Um, not to bring it up again, because I know I bring it up constantly, but I heard Dave Scharf give, a, give a, a talk once talking about the idea that the ultimate good is to be at home with my Heavenly Father. So the ultimate prayer would be to simply say, Lord, whatever you have to do mm-hmm. to get me there, let it be done. If that means i got to live a miserable life and every day is going to stink, because in order for me to spend eternity with you, let it be so. Mm-hmm. If my life needs to be awful, if you need to, you know, afflict my children and give me a physical pain or whatever it might be, in order to be with you in eternity, which is what you want, this whole history of the universe is bringing me home to be with you. So whatever it takes, your will be done. Mm-hmm. It's easy to say that; it's another thing to live it. And what's mm-hmm. implicit in that is that you're looking at you're looking towards the goal the whole time right so it's like yeah let whatever happen come my way so that i remain in you but then you you have you've got to keep your eyes on that goal because it is so easy to remember all of those pains that you went through like he says here you know like your soul will be downcast because of it you're it's so easy to be stuck in those negative spots i know like for me my dad uh growing up he would always say hey it's easy to be sad it's easy to be mad 
and grumpy or bummed out or upset about the situation that you're in. What is hard is to look for the good, is to find the joy, well, find the, find the, to say it again, the good that came out of that situation, you know, because obviously God is keeping you near him. And it, especially if you're praying that prayer, like know that, yeah, the afflictions you're going through, they're going to suck, but then also follow it through. Yeah. So. And if your expectation is, I'm a sinner, and so everything sucks, <laughs> if that's if you recognize that reality, nothing. there might be things that surprise you, but nothing can like truly throw you off your path. Nothing's really going to put you, put you out for good. Yeah. If you say, all right, life is hard, and it sucks, and then we die, but we have the hope of the Lord. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. This was good. Not to toot our own horn, but I think we're doing well. Dude, okay, Connor, I was listening to one of the one of the old episodes we did a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and as I was listening, I just kept thinking to myself, like, I just want to hear more of what Connor has to say. Oh, thank you. Because on pretty much every episode that we listen to, that I listen to of ours, I come out with even though I'm sitting in the room when we record the episodes, I come out with some or come like I come out with something that Connor said, or you phrase things well and you just you, you're well spoken, and uh, I feel like I haven't given you enough credit for that. Um, I'm just but then also here. I just this is just a little Connor appreciation here, like brother, I love having you around. Love having you in my life. Love having you on the podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. I love you, as Gus. Well. You're also awesome. <laughs> you've been holding. You've been holding down the fort here for so long. Like yes, you deserve more appreciation. Yeah, for what you've been doing. Okay, the last let me say this. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure there would be a broadcast without you, Gus. So, mm-hmm. okay. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. not sure I'll I would still be that. doing it if you weren't here all the time doing them with me. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay, I know, for a while I know there, we've done some yeah. without you. That right. doesn't mean that the pattern hasn't been no. set by no. your insistence. And if you remember, you showed up and were like, "Yo, how come we're not doing broadcasts anymore?" And I was like, "Oh, fine, that's true. Do some more that's true." Remember when we tried to start a t-shirt business? <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> It was a great idea. It was. Passive yeah. income, man. Passive yeah. income. Oh, shout out to Micah Bame, too. There's no way you're going to hear this, but he launched a t-shirt company. Oh, wow. Good yeah, for him. Good for yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. Maybe a quick shout out to the beard guy. Hey, start sending us your stuff again because people oh, yeah. are wondering about you. Yeah. 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 Now that you're, uh, I know you're a dad, but you can't be too busy. Right. You can't be too busy for beard oil. So. Right. Oh, yeah. And thank you, Charlie, for having a podcast and paying all the bills and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> thank great. Thank you, the listeners, for paying the bills. All right. Let's get out of here. Here we go. Uh, uh, we love you all, gentlemen. Thanks for listening. Go with the men. We get that. Oh, no, not that we created you to be. Whoa. <laughs> Is and it it turns out Charlie's the heretic. <laughs> go be the men that God created you to be. We'll see you next time. Ciao. On behalf of all those involved in producing, recording, editing, and distributing this episode, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you'd like to contact us with comments, questions, or suggestions, you can reach out to us at any of the links in the description below or on our website. Please consider supporting the work of Gird Up Ministries by donating on Patreon, shopping at our online store, or making a $5 cup of coffee donation at www.girdupministries.com. Those donations help us make more great content just like this for young men just like you. 
Make sure you like, friend, follow, and subscribe to Gird Up and all of our guests on your social media platforms. And consider leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to the Gird Up podcast so that others can find us and be blessed by our content, too. As always, thanks for listening. Now go and be the man that God created you to be. We'll see you next time.